what up, player profiler faithful? It's Maddie Keyboom. Welcome to the latest episode of The Game Plan. Do your boy a quick favor and subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel if you're not already, and gently click that like button. Everybody, listen up. Today is going to be a fantastic show because we are talking about one of the coolest formats in all of fantasy football guillotine leagues and personally i have only played in one so i don't really have a ton of experience but that is actually why i am so very excited and pumped to be joined by today's guest believe me he is the go-to person when it comes to this format so gang get out your pens and pads and let's start game planning for your upcoming guillotine leagues planners today's guest is he is so well-loved and respected in the fantasy football world for very good reason. And he is the godfather of guillotine leagues. He is the chief execution officer, a.k.a. the CEO at guillotineleagues.com. See, folks, I told you he is the real deal. I told you that it's just going to be a fantastic show with a great guest, and I absolutely believe it will be one of my best. He is also the host of the world's only guillotine league, a podcast called Chop. He is also the host of Fantasy Football Weekly, and you can hear him on KFan 100.3, which is Minnesota's station for sports. But hold your horses because I ain't done yet. He is also a Fantasy Sports Hall of Famer, and I couldn't be more excited to chat with him. Gang, welcome. Paul Charchi and Charch, how's it going? Oh, man. Thanks for having me, Matt. That's a heck of an introduction. You did a little homework. Nicely done. Yes, sir. I had to. I mean, a guest like this, you got to do some homework. Well, I, you know, I feel bad. I, I didn't really do it. My homework on you. I, you know, I, I, all, all I know is that you, you grew up in Boston. At some point, they forced you out of the state. You had to stay away yeah. for four years, part of some kind of probationary period, and then they let you come back. That's all I know. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's kind of me in a, in a bubble, I guess. If I had to put a, a quick bullet point on it, that's kind of me. It's, uh, you know, people like having me around until they don't. And then they send me away. And, you know, that is that. So uh, four years later, they're ready for another dose of that. <laughs> So uh, we can expect Paul to come back on the game plan in 2027 Perfect. after he gets yeah. about an hour of me, a nice little dose of me today. <laughs> I also want to give a quick shout out to Mike D in the chat. He actually recommended that we started, uh, uh, you know, get someone on to talk about guillotine leagues. And not only did we get somebody, we got the person to talk about guillotine leagues. But before we dive into that, first, let's hear from the pod father as he talks about FFPC leagues. <laughs> You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the, the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February. And so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, best ball, dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD to get you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. Go check out the FFPC. If you're looking to get a little dynasty or redraft, they got it all over the FFPC. Charge, 
let's get this thing started. But before you get into guillotine links, I like to surprise my guests. So I'm glad you didn't do a whole lot of research on the game plan because now I can <laughs> full on surprise you <laughs> with right. two questions. I like two questions that I ask all my guests before we get started. How long have you been playing fantasy football? And then for you specifically, guillotine leagues. And then how would you describe your fantasy management style? Okay. All right. I like it. Um, <laughs> all right, Matt, you see you see all this white in here? Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm gonna be yeah, yeah. All right. See, you know, I've been doing this a long time. So playing fantasy for me goes back to the late 80s. So, you know, I think uh, 87 was my first year and I started uh, working in the fantasy industry in 1993 when I was right out of college. Awesome. Um, yeah. And started a fantasy football magazine uh, way back then. So, yeah. It's, so I go I go way, way back yes. of, I don't know, like Al Toon. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of notable patriots from the seven from the 80s and I don't remember. Were there any good Scott this Zolak. Rogan era? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 So yeah, a long time. And then guillotine leagues. So uh, that started. Uh, we've been, I've been, I think now five years ago, uh, one of my Twitter followers gave me the the nugget of the idea. And I was like, well, this is pretty brilliant. I got to try this. Mm -hmm. I got to try this. And I just did it with my friends. And then a year later, I was like, okay, this thing needs a name. I got to go commercialize this. <laughs> and go do go go build a whole site around this. Yeah, so all the yeah. guillotine leagues, and I've been playing ever since. And I've probably I've probably played more guillotine leagues than anybody in America at this point. Yeah, I think that's probably safe to say. I can remember, maybe I'm wrong here, but I've been playing fantasy for a while and I've been indulging in content long before I did myself. And I can recall a time back when Nate Ravitz was still on uh, the ESPN show yeah. with Matthew Barry. And yeah. I remember Matthew Barry vaguely, I remember this, this probably about five years ago, being like, I just, have you guys heard of this thing, guillotine leagues? And he he talked about it. I was like, yeah. Matthew Berry's been a big advocate. He's yeah, he's yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of uh, he's got a bunch of friends who play. He's in a bunch of leagues, and yeah, it's been it's he totally gets it. And you know, the Guillotine League thing, it's you can talk about it conceptually, and you'd be like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Until you play mm -hmm. it, and you've gone through the uh, the amazing waiver wire process in the Guillotine League, you, you yes. don't necessarily entirely get it. And it happens to be a good fit for my. You asked about draft strategy. My predilection uh, starting people have heard about zero running back. I actually started writing about that over a decade before whoever the zero running back guy is and advocating it. I called it something different. Uh, I called it do the opposite as a reference to <laughs> um, Seinfeld. If you remember the classic yep. do the opposite episode where George does the opposite of everything that he would normally do. And over the course of the episode, he gets a girlfriend and he moves out of his parents' house and he gets a job with the Yankees because he's yep. doing the opposite. So the do the opposite premise really was built around all the risk in your draft is uh, it, where do you want to put the risk of your draft? Do you want to put it in the first couple of rounds or do you want to put it in the middle of your rounds or do you want to put it at the end of your draft? And running back's the riskiest position by a mile. We all know it. So why are you going right. to put the riskiest position at the top of your draft with your most valuable picks? Uh, you should put that risk into the middle of the draft. So now for the better part of 20 years, I've been, I've been advocating what is now known as zero running back. And that really blends with the guillotine league, Matt, because as you know, mitigating risk is all about the guillotine league. We're playing to not oh, finish yeah. last. And we should probably yes. explain, we should probably explain how the whole format works. We haven't even done that yet. Yeah. Well, that leads us. I mean, what have you been doing this since 1987? Pretty. That's a pretty great segue. So let's get right into the first question I have for you. Those who are not familiar, 
What is a guillotine league? Let's dive right in. All right. Ideally, you can play with any number of teams, but ideally you play with 18 because there's 18 weeks in the season. No head-to-head matchups. Every week, the low-scoring team gets chopped from the league and their whole roster goes to the waiver wire. It's pandemonium on the waiver wire. So you got a thousand fab dollars to spend over the course of the season. And in week one, a team with Justin Herbert and let's just, you know, our, um, um, as a made up roster, Justin Herbert and Tony Pollard and Rashad White and I don't know, um, Adam Thielen and CeeDee Lamb and maybe, I don't know, for tight end, let's say George Kittle. Okay. That's on the waiver wire. And now you're like, okay, how much of my thousand do I pour in right now? To get mm-hmm. guys like that, or do I wait a week? Do I hold? Do I stand pat? Do I save my money? And all you have to do is not finish last. So you're, it's a it's a lot of different skill set building than what you're normally used to, Matt. Right. I mean, talk about having a hole burnt in your proverbial wallet when you see the likes of Justin Herbert, George Kittle on your waiver wire right off the bat. Uh, yeah right is it smart practice to go in like buck wild early do you like to be conservative what do you think uh personally and then what do you think is the better strategy overall so keep in mind that as the season goes on you keep chopping this the, the worst team every week is getting chopped yeah by like halloween the teams that are getting chopped are really really good they've been acquiring <laughs> players right and so yep. their teams have gotten better your team has gotten better and the teams that are getting chopped are now the teams getting chopped in like November are like Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill, Garrett Wilson, and Mark Andrews. Right. I mean, and so you have to have some money left in that last third of the season. So I save I save my fab as much as I can, Matt. And just okay. unless I'm unless I'm pretty confident my team is so wobbly that I've got to spend. I'm trying to save so I've got money at the end when these insane rosters are getting cut. Just get that, and it helps you get that final push into yeah. the into the postseason stuff. Uh, are there different versions of guillotine leagues, like, or are they all just kind of pretty? Like, we know exactly what we're getting into. Preferably eighteen, uh, preferably eighteen teams, and we start chopping right away. Or are there different ways to go about it? Yeah, mostly there's just this way. Um, yeah. you know, th- you know, we've got some other variations and stuff, but this is, you know, there's mostly just kind of one way to play it. One, you know, one variation that's common is, and it's only a slight variation. You play with nine people instead of 18 and you run a season for September, October, you crown a champion and then you reboot it in November, and December, play again. So if you, you know, if you don't have 17 people that, you know, you don't know 17 <laughs> people that want to play in a guillotine league, that's a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you don't want to join it. In. Yeah, I like that idea. So it's like a season one, season two. I like that idea because I was in like, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but I did my very first guillotine lead last season. And I thought I came out, I thought I was going to go crazy and, and dominate. And I got, I got chopped uh, pretty early there, Paul. So, but we'll go we'll talk a little about that. Yeah. And we started to talk about the free, like the fab process of go, you know, do you go strong early? Do you wait? You like to wait. Uh, are there different draft strategies when you're doing these startup oh, yeah, for the maybe. guillotine leagues that are different from those, you know, you're running the middle redraft leagues. So this is what's um, immediately going to separate the people that sort of really understand the guillotine league and what it's all about. And the people who are just used to playing standard fantasy football in mm-hmm. a standard league, Matt, you're rewarded for playing a high risk, high reward strategy because you are trying to be first out of 12 people. 
Right. And it's very hard to finish first on 12 people if all you're doing is drafting for safety. But in the guillotine league, the whole thing's turned upside down. Yes. We're not trying to finish first. We're trying to finish not last. And <laughs> so what we are drafting for almost entirely is safety. So that puts a premium on quarterbacks, puts mm-hmm. a premium on wide receivers, tight end, proven performers. And we don't even need, I don't need like 15 touchdown upside. All I want is 10 PPR points from all my guys every week. Yes. Right? So pass catching backs are more valuable. Quarterbacks that can run are always valuable, but they can help you two ways. We're trying to avoid dud games from three guys in our roster in the same week. And right. so those high risk, high reward guys, the boomer bust guys, the touchdown dependent guys, those are super dangerous in guillotine leagues. And while you can have one on your team, maybe two, you really can't have a bunch of them because here comes week five and all of your boomer bust guys all bust in the same week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's great to get the touchdown positivity in the beginning, but if you're sitting there week five, you're not anywhere even near the end, and you can all of a sudden have a duddo week and you're chopped. Are you familiar with the movie Jumanji, the original? Yeah, the original it's been a long time, but yes. <laughs> so there's that scene when the animals are just running through the city. Through the and, there's a, yeah. and there's that one rhino at the end. <laughs> That's at the very end. You don't want to be that person. In <laughs> so this is a little bit like when the cheetahs are chasing the gazelle off out on, out on the plains in Africa somewhere. You don't have to be the fastest gazelle. Yeah. Just don't be the slowest gazelle. Don't be the slowest. Yeah, you have to continuously stay with the pack so you don't get chopped. Okay, I mean, that makes a ton of sense in terms of draft strategy, which is it's very interesting because that is the opposite of what kind of a lot of people preach with upside, upside. You hear that now, all right. startup draft season, upside, 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 guillotine. Yeah, you want to make sure that the floor uh, is pretty high. So, that, again, so the cheetah isn't the one that gets you first and foremost. But you personally, are you more likely to get like aggressive with upside in terms of how often do you take the upside guys? Do you, I know you want to obviously set up a good floor, but when do you start peppering those upside guys? I'll tell you when I start going for the upside guys, November. So, you know, <laughs> and then okay. it's like, yes, yes. no, you know, keep in mind, you're going to have a crack at Tyreek Hill later in the season. He's oh, going to hit the waiver wire yes. sometime, right? Yes. That's what makes the guillotine league so special. And so when I start go building for upside is when there's six teams left, you know, it's Thanksgiving and beyond. And now everybody's got superstar rosters and I start mm-hmm. to need more special things to happen. That's when I'll start sp- sprinkling in upside players. In the meantime, just give me Stefan Diggs, a guy who finished right. in the top 12, 53% of his, his starts last year. I want guys who just don't fall out of like the top 30 at their position. Just give right. me okay. safe guys. Yeah. Yep. The, all those old guys that people don't tend to like in these startups, they want to go flashy, go yeah. unproven youth. You're saying stay away take all of the safety nets because you're right. That's, that's something that's so smart to, 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 to bring up. And you start to put the puzzle pieces together. The picture starts getting clearer, save yeah. your money so that you can buy your upside when you know you're sniffing contention. Cause you never know off the top here. So if you draft a whole bunch of rookies and those rookies don't get a whole bunch of playing time, we see it every year, right? I mean, how many times right. do we see this guy's going to be a stud and then 42% snap share in week one and you're like um i probably shouldn't have used a top 75 pick on this kid yeah you know you, you bring up a great point you know give me a boring number one running back 
who's just going to get volume and he's going to get me, you know, 80 yards and half a touchdown a game. I'm so happy with that. So happy with that. Yeah. You know, a guy like Najee Harris, right? Like nobody's into Najee Harris right now. Every, totally, yeah, right, right. totally boring guy. Right. You know, last year he was a top five running back. Now he's like, you know, running back 16 off the board, something like that. <laughs> uh, but he, he finished inside the top 30 at running back in 82% of his games last year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, the, you know, the dude at the end of the day, the dude got us exactly what we want in guillotine league, which is not cut because he didn't have bust games. Mm-hmm. So you can really build a roster around safe players who are going to get carries but aren't flashy. That that is a totally valid strategy. In fact, it's a it's a preferred strategy in guillotine. And you stick to the do the opposite strategy in guillotine. You kind of push back on the running backs and kind of see what you can get. Or are you a little bit more aggressive because you at least want one pillar in terms of your your build? Don't need a pillar at all. You know, you there really don't in guillotine league. You know, keep in mind, you're starting with 18 teams. Everybody's got a weak team and they've got two or three pretty gaping holes in their roster early yeah. on. Those all get filled in the guillotine format because, uh, you know, the waiver wire is so insane. <laughs> so um, I don't sweat going to war with my running back 25 and my running back 30 at the start of the season. As long as those guys are the, the kind of guys we're talking about that get touches and, you know, they don't have to be magical with those touches. Just give me enough. Give me James Conner. God, James Conner's perfect to this, right? Yeah. Get virtually every carry there is to get in Arizona. I'm going to get goal line use, and yeah, it's James Conner flashy. Not at all. But I'll take him in the fourth round or the fifth round, and I'm going to pepper my early rounds with safe, reliable producers at quarterback, wide receiver, and especially tight end. You know, we talk about. Let's talk tight ends for a second, Matt. Of course, I love talk tight ends. You know, in a 12 team league. There's the haves and the have-nots at tight end. <laughs> in your 18-team guillotine league, you know, somebody's going out there going, this has got to be a Tyler Higby day. Oh, I really need Tyler. <laughs> this has got to – I need one of those four games that he gives me every year. And, you know, but the rest of us, you know, me, I'm out there with TJ Hawkinson. And yes. I will get I, – I got to be in a good spot in the guillotine league at – uh, because I can't, we're just, we're trying to avoid the three point games and that's Tyler Higby. will give you the three point game. TJ Hawkinson won't. So if you're in a league, let's say you're in a league with 17 other guillotine proficient players. Is yeah. Kelsey like a lock for the one Oh one? He's right. He's right up there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, right. you know, you can, if you want to stick, you want to stick to form and take Christian McCaffrey, you can, but Christian McCaffrey, let me tell you prior to last year, the two previous seasons, the dude was the angel of death. He was just an yeah. assassin in guillotine <laughs> leagues. So here's what would happen. Yes. For t- all of 2020 and 2021 with Christian McCaffrey, Winoff got drafted super early, drafted you mm-hmm. know, first overall, second overall, third overall. And then he would get hurt. That team would get cut. And Christian McCaffrey would hit the waiver wire. And somebody <laughs> in week two would go, Christian McCaffrey's on the waiver wire. Here's $700 out of my thousand. <laughs> and I'm going to get Christian McCaffrey. And then he wouldn't play for like three weeks because he's got a strained whatever. And then that mm-hmm. guy would get cut. And now here's Christian McCaffrey on the waiver wire again. And somebody else is pushing in 700 bucks. And that just rotated through the whole season, waiting oh. for him to get healthy. He's missing games. He's getting hurt again. Dude was just getting people chopped all the time. Still, if you wanted to do that, you could, but you're playing for safety. And so, you know, give me Jalen Hurts. Give me Patrick Mahomes. Give me... Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, give me Jamar Chase. Cooper Cup off the injury even feels safer. But Travis Kelsey, 1-1, you can really do it here. Yeah, again, Kelsey gets you out ahead. And then you see, oh, boom, look at that number. Look at that first game. 
could be a shootout on opening when on opening night. Yeah, give me that tight end that can absolutely smash out the entire league. I mean, he could be in an eight. And again, we're we have to remember. Let's refocus our listeners. Eighteen team leagues to start. Kelsey is an outlier of outliers when your rosters are that thin. So. Yeah. I like the idea. Of, I'm big on Kelsey in redraft, getting him in the first round. But in this format, yeah, it'd be really tough to not take him with the 101. You know, Matt, you hit on something really salient, and I don't know if you did it on purpose or not, but that early schedule is really important. The Chiefs have the highest over-under in week one, highest implied over-under of 30 mm-hmm. points. You you're, you want to get you want to put yourself in a position to get out fast and, and do well early because you don't have to spend any fab. You can be sitting on your 1000 bucks. You don't have to worry about getting chopped as much as other people do. Uh, the fast start in the schedule early is pretty important. And so one of the things that we put into our uh, our guillotine league cheat sheet is which teams have got the best, most favorable strength of schedule in each of the months of the season. And Chiefs have one of the easiest, the uh, the team with the easiest strength of schedule, two of teams have the easiest strength of schedule in the first quarter of the season. And that's the Chargers and the Cowboys. And these are teams that, you know, they're players from most teams you might want anyway. But that's mm-hmm. a good reason to nudge him up a little bit in the guillotine format. Well, that was actually going to be my next question is how important is the NFL schedule? So we talk about the beginning part is obviously obvious. You want yeah. to get off to that nice start. You want to get the ball rolling. You want to start getting chances to pick up those players that were chopped. Do you kind of, I mean, theoretically, you'd want the easiest schedule throughout. But is there more importance to game planning for the beginning, the end, a little bit of both and ignore the middle? How do you kind of game plan with the schedule as a, you know, the entire season? Yeah, great question, Matt. Here's the thing that you have to understand. You're going to you're going to draft this team with 18, uh, 18 different uh, owners and your yeah. team's not going to be very good. So the team, good. the team that you're rostering at Thanksgiving is going to be almost entirely different, you know, because <laughs> in this yeah. format, there are great players coming up all the time. By November, you've got a totally different team. So Mm -hmm. I don't really care what's happening so much in the second half of the season because I'm going to have a different team, a deeper team, a better team than the one I have at the start of the season. I worry a lot about the start of the season. Mm -hmm. I just want to, I want a primrose path through the first like eight weeks of the season. So I worry a lot about strength of schedule, but also the bye week. You do not want to be the Chargers with week five bye because your team's so thin by week five Mm. and you're losing Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler you don't have somebody else that can just go fill that spot. Those early bye weeks are, they're a real danger. And it it absolutely factors into my drafting. Um, The teams that have got the week five, the week six, week seven's a disaster, which you, another thing you don't want, Matt, you got five guys on a week seven bye. You've got a, you are hitting the chopping block. Your season's (laughs) going to end in week seven. And there are six teams on bye in week seven and they're good teams. So you're going to have to be really careful about that. Uh, yeah, so that's the mistake, and I told, and I said at the beginning of the show that I would pepper in kind of my one, yeah. my one league expertise. That's what I did not do so well. I stacked uh, uh, offense that I thought would be good. It was not good at all. But <laughs> I was hoping it would gain some steam. I saw, I saw some ske- scheduled games as the season went on that I was very excited about. But I lost sight and I got chopped pretty early so that leads me on my next question uh do you like to stack rosters like your roster you like to stack players from similar offenses if they make they they, they create the checkpoints they don't have an early buy they have potentially let's call it a middle of the road start because we obviously want to stack the players that have an easy start but how, how do you like this stack is there is that as much of a strategy in guillotine leagues never stack in a guillotine league matt oh, never do it second thing i did wrong charge oh. <laughs> never do it and I here's why it's you know 
we're putting all of our risk into one team now, right? So yeah. we're all about avoiding risk. So even if you've got uh, a combo that you love, let's say, I don't know, Joe Burrow to T Higgins, right? Yep. Which I'm, you know, in a regular league, totally valid. But in yeah. a guillotine league, if it just happens that Cincinnati doesn't score a lot of points or God forbid Joe Burrow gets hurt in that game. Well, now you're F to two ways. And yeah. now you're taking few points at the quarterback position, few points at the receiver position. And now you're setting yourself up for a chopping. So you got to deal with the same bye week. You've got, there's so much more risk involved. Run heavy game plan. You know, Cincinnati's defense goes in, scores a touchdown early. Their special team scores a touchdown. And now they're running Joe Mixon the rest of the game. Right. And you're dead. So <laughs> uh, I don't stack with starters. Um, okay. If you, you know, my stacking scenarios for me are on like a starter and maybe a backup, something like that. But I, I almost... Almost never stack. You want to guess? I'll, I'll let you. All right. So as the host of the show, I'm not too proud to get some egg on my face and get made fun of by the guests. So do you want to take a wild guess on the team that I tried to stack in Guillotine League? So not only was I wrong for stacking in general, but I even got the stack so wrong. So <laughs> take a guess on who I, I stacked early in my Guillotine League. All right. So year. it was a team that you liked at the beginning of last year, uh, mm-hmm. but it didn't pan out Rams. You went like Stafford Cup or something. That would have even been better than better. <laughs> okay, yeah. who, who yeah. was it? It was Russell Wilson and some of Jody oh, Broncos. Oh. oh my god, please stick around, guys. We have some more show left, but yeah, you cannot trust me when it comes to getting things. I thought, you know, I was getting in, I was getting a later value there. I was like, okay, I like that week one matchup. I thought Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. Oh, that first game, Monday Night Football, he's gonna go crazy. No, yeah, yeah, that didn't. No, yeah, that no. didn't go yeah. well, and it's safe to say I didn't last all that long hey, in my guillotine. It's all learning, man. It's all yes. it's a process. It's such a different strategy, and that's the beauty of the guillotine league, Matt. Is mm-hmm. you for all of us that have been exercising our brains the same way for years in fantasy. Here's a whole different strategy, challenging you to think entirely differently about roster construction. Oh yeah, it, I'm, I'm so glad I had you on. I feel like I'll be so much better this year when I get it into some, be some guillotine leagues because you can't get, you can't get much worse than my showing in 2022. I'll tell you that, John. <laughs> so, is there anything if I was to start a guillotine league? Let's say a, buddy, a bunch of buddy of mine they all want to start. Are yeah. there any preferences for league settings? Obviously, superflex is kind of thrown out with the 18 team format. But are you more likely to do tight end premium, or does that kind of move the ball too far in the Kelsey is Andrews? You favor? can do tight end premium settings? if you want to, because there's 18 yeah. there's 18 teams, and so trying to you know establish some value for those tight ends that are clocking in at 14, 15, 16, mm. the Hayden Hurst the world. I think that's, I think there's some validity to that okay. um, for, that's for the reasons you mentioned. I wouldn't go super flex mm-hmm. unless you're in a smaller guillotine league. You know, it runs best at 18, but you know, it runs great at 15 or 13 or whatever. Um, uh, PPR for sure. Yes. It's, you know, it's 18 teams. So you, <laughs> you need guys who are just going to score points. I need to get something out of a three catch 45 yard game. So, yeah. you know, yes, PPR full PPR absolutely in play. Um, I don't play kicker and defense. If you love kicker and defense, feel free. But I don't I don't play that way. And the guillotineleagues.com site does does not even support kicker and defense. And honestly, nobody asks for it. Yeah, I can't imagine in this type of league. Uh, there's, there's not going to be all that often where you go, oh, Justin Tucker just hit my <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. I'm breaking the bank on Matt Gay. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like, what, 75% on Mr. Gay? I think I'm going to go that way. But yeah, PPR makes so much sense because we want to help out the Matt Collinses of the world because they are definitely going to be everywhere starting the season. Uh, but me personally, I love making trades when I play fantasy. Yeah. Uh, are there generally other trades that happen in, in guillotine leagues? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in our private leagues, we recommend that you do play with trades and we let people trade fab. So, you know, oh, you've yeah, run your, course, you know, you've yeah. run yourself dry on fab and it's week eight. You're like, Oh geez, you know, I, <laughs> I, I got to get more fab back. And if you want to trade Dallas Goddard for 80 bucks a fab. Okay you know, do it. And so it's just another way to me, it's just another way to add some strategy and some owner agency, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you can, you've got multiple paths. We want to give you the most possible ways to get to a different, a championship, most different ways. You can spend a bunch of money early mm-hmm. and just, you know, hang out, you know, that's a totally valid strategy. You can try to save for the second half season. What I usually try to do. That's a totally valid strategy. If you want to try to trade your way to extra fab, do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I like having trades on, we can't do it in our public leagues because we can't have collusion. Um, but right. Yeah. Right. Yep. If you, uh, if you want to play that way, you can, it's a setting you can flip on or off in your private leagues. I, I do love the idea of the trading because at the end of the day, fantasy football is for fun. You know, we're all trying to have fun here. And also you talk about, uh, uh trying to get the owners to maybe make a difference. I think yeah. that's a good thing about, this format is you do get to make such a difference on how you strategize from the draft until however long you survive. Do you want to make these moves? And then I got to ask you this personally, if you, in any leagues that you do trade, have you ever scooped someone up in after they were chopped with the thought of, ah, I could kind of buy cheap here and maybe Mm -hmm. sell for additional fab where I can replenish that budget. Yeah. And where that happens a lot in this league is um, some unfortunate persons gets two or three injuries in the same week and they yes. get knocked out. And now we got a couple of injured players that hit the waiver wire that aren't going to play for two or three weeks. If I'm in a position where I don't need them, I, you know, I'm bidding on those guys. I'm going to bid 13 bucks out of my thousand and see if I can right. get that guy, stash him for two or three weeks. And now when he's back returning to health, I'll try to move him for more. And, and you know, that's it's it's a it's a valid strategy to buy cheap on injured players because e- Nobody wants injured players in the guillotine format because <laughs> every week your ass is on the line. Yeah, you just look at so, back. <laughs> yes, you know, you're like, oh, I can't afford to roster two guys who aren't going to play for a month. But if you can, that's uh, that's how you can turn, you know, that's how you can turn 13 bucks into 130 bucks a month later. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. buy low, sell high, you know, spend, you know, a, a percent, a point, a percent and a half on a guy. Are there IR spots in most guillotine leagues? No. No, it's that's just, fun. That's man, that's you just do. yeah, you just roll the baby. You you know, somebody gets hurt, you got to decide what you're going to do, and now yeah, live with the consequences. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's how it should be. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, we want to make it fun, but we also want to make it challenging. And if you could just load up, I mean, someone who just hit the jackpot, maybe coming out of the draft. I mean, you could just load yeah. up on a bunch of injuries, stash them, and then it makes it kind of not as fun. Uh, later on but i do love this idea of of trades and guillotines because it's that extra strategy that extra flavor in the league yeah. why not i mean why, why not, not? look yeah. at this schedule you know this team stinks against the run you need a running back throw me some fab boom that's that's just fun that's fun part uh, of the league so we've talked about a bunch of different things when it comes to guillotine leagues and starting them and, and drafting yeah. but now let's talk about while you're in the thick of it Okay, you're you're running away from the old chopping block here. What positions should managers target early in the season, middle part of the season, when it comes uh, to the teams that are chopped? Are there particular positions, or is it really just structure on what you need? Um, 
you know, you can you can use your own you know, use your own your own preferences. I already told you mine. I, you know, I yep. put all my I put all my risk in the middle rounds. I don't put my risk in the in the into the top rounds. But I will say this: we increasingly see early round wide receivers that really start to hit November and December, mm-hmm. where you know it used to be rookie. Sorry, let me be more clear: rookie receivers. Rookies, yes. Uh, yeah. Rookies. It it used to be that they were pretty much dead to us for their entire their entire rookie year. But increasingly, we're finding that there are good rookie receivers like Garrett Wilson who come mm-hmm. alive second half of the season. You so because of that, I don't draft them early. I don't draft those guys at all. But I'll wait on the waiver wire and I'll start. Hey, you know, it's, it's Halloween. You know, that first round pedigree rookie is going to start getting more playing time, mm-hmm. so I can start angling those guys. And then the other part is. You know, we all know running backs get hurt. They get hurt a lot. Where I'll I'll start making my running back investments in November. You know, now okay. half the season's over, and if there's going to be an injury, I've already mitigated half of the risk of this, the injury right. to these running backs, right? So um, that's when I'll start making my running back investments is the second half of the season. And the idea is, if everything goes out, you know, everything kind of rolls in your way, and, and things are bouncing in your favor, now you might even get those running backs at a discount, right? Because let's say, like you said, McCaffrey was the angel of death, where he was getting, you know, time after time and time again, he was getting, let's just call it, you know, seventy percent of the budget. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Teams getting chopped. Teams getting chopped. But then you're sitting there. You're right after. You know, you might be about to go enjoy some Thanksgiving dinner. You know, you're excited for all the fixins that day, and then all of a sudden, boom. You could get McCaffrey for the fourth time he's available for 45%. Do you yeah. typically see those discounts pile up as the season goes on? Uh, for sure. And also because people start to run out of money, right? So, <laughs> yeah, right, right. You, know, and, uh, yeah. you know, by the time this Thanksgiving, uh, this hypothetical Thanksgiving meal is happening, your league at that point's down to what, like seven players out of your original <laughs> 18. And nobody's got more than like 400 bucks left. Um, you know, it's 400, $386, $122 over here. And so the price on all the players just systematically goes down over the course of the season. Yeah. I, 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 this is a personal question. Uh, about this and it's about my hat do you like my hat i i I like your hat (laughs) i don't know 1630 i assume was the uh date of incorporation for the the city of boston i'm not even sure i got the airport actually i was just traveling i got the airport i liked it but anyway i should not have a better understanding of your hat than you (laughs) have of your hat (laughs) fair point that's fair point but last year when i was in the ski team league i never got to do this because i got as you know chopped super early but i had this idea that this would work and now that i have the man here to talk to i gotta know if it was just an absolute goofball of an idea or if there's something to it if you haven't even done it i thought that if like when a team that had some juicy juicy players like i mean a number of good players i was thinking to myself you know what i could do is if i had uh, depth at running back i would cut one of my guys throw mm. them into the pool so the feeding frenzy might be averted to my guy where i could sneak in and maybe get two or three of the lesser guys from that team and plug some holes oh, i never got to do it but is that viable that's or is that just that's ad- that's advanced guillotining like right there and we have a name for it Matt. oh yes that is the sabotage drop the sabotage this is, oh, this is when you drop it. a player who's going to siphon a bunch of funds off of somebody else and hurt their team. And I did it successfully last year in one of my leagues. Tell us about it. Tell us about it, Paul. It's about week uh, 10, 11. So we're in the thick of it. Yep, in the thick of it. So it's Tuesday morning, and I've got Lamar Jackson on my roster. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I bet I can get somebody to spend like 200 bucks on him. 
The whole offense is floundering. Um, at the time, he was either healthy or returning from health to health or something. Right. And so I just I dropped him straight out. Dropped Lamar Jackson straight out. Uh, my good friend Nando Defino bid oh, yeah. a couple hundred bucks on Lamar Jackson, and it not only took the couple hundred bucks away, but he was starting him, and Jackson was putting up just dud games with the no mm-hmm. receivers to throw to, and Mark Andrews is hurt and doing nothing, and yeah, you know Bateman was out. It was a disaster for him, and it worked to perfection. The the, oh. the sabotage drop, my man. It's a, it, it is, it's an advanced, it's an advanced move. It is not for the squeamish, right? I <laughs> no, just threw no, out no. there a, you know, a top five in the minds of many, a top five quarterback. But you, if you feel good that you can pull it off, you can do it. What, what switch did you make? Who'd you bring in to play quarterback? I don't recall uh, who I had, but here's the thing. Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins. Right, These are guillotine right. gems at the quarterback position because they score every week. That's all you need. And you do not want the high upside downside guys, including at the quarterback position. Did Nando take you off the Christmas card list after that move? Cause that's a charge. That's a, that's a veteran move. Well, so he didn't, of course, all he knows is that Lamar Jackson got dropped right. and you know, it comes to Wednesday and he's looking to make his fab moves. Right. I don't even know if he knew that he had been intentionally dropped by another owner, or just assumed that he got cut by that, you know, that owner's team got cut. Mm-hmm. So he put he put in his uh, he put in his bid. He got him. And on Twitter, I then revealed my <laughs> plan. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to look what I just did. And I, you know, I kept like screenshots of me dropping him and everything. And yeah. Nando got him like, let's see how it works out. I'm trying yeah. to establish us drop in front of everybody, the whole world. Let's see how it works out. Oh, and it, it killed Nando. That was, yeah, it, it, it worked out perfectly. It was like, it's like I had a spy that infiltrated his roster and just did damage to his roster. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. You sent someone over to his submarine and they're just pulling plugs and just. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just causing chaos. Cause I mean, that that's, that's a hundred percent working. Cause not only did he bite on the price, Lamar did not come through on the feet. Oh, not at so all. So this is like a double whammy. He's like, he, he must just looked up the skies with you. Charge. <laughs> I felt I'm not gonna lie, I felt pretty good about it. <laughs> I would too. I mean, if it's your buddies, you, you we this is something you, we all love in the fantasy community. When you're playing with your buddies, you gotta smack talk and you gotta rub it in when things go in your favor because it doesn't always happen that way. That's, that's what we're here for. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we talked about stacking early, no good. When you're later in the season, is it smart to stack as you're building towards that championship? Yeah, so it's December now. Everybody's team is just loaded with superstars. You've never seen a roster like the kind you're gonna get when mm-hmm. you, you know, when you look at you know a team that's still alive in December. It's okay. Am I benching Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler or Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs? You know, I gotta right. bench, I gotta bench one of them. You know, it's those kinds of things. And because everybody's got superstar rosters. Now, finally, in December, now I got to put stuff together that mm-hmm. has gives me high, more high risk, high reward. And now, you know, now I'm interested in putting together Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase. Right. You know, now those, you know, now those combos start to make a lot more sense because everybody's team is so good that I, I need a little something special to happen. And I'm, yeah. So that's, you know, at that point, the 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 risk reward strategy starts to work much more towards risk when you want no risk early on. 
Right. Okay, that makes sense too. Cause I mean, that's kind of the theory for like your best ball tournament type stuff is you want those stacks. So if those games do go berserk, you're just eating all those fantasy points. And I mean, if you're down to your bottom five teams, those rosters are going to be right. so loaded. They're going to be kind of like those, you know, hit a home run best ball lineups that made it to the end. So, uh, right. okay. I thought there'd be a good strategy, but that does make sense that yeah. at the end, Let's let's load up the cannons. We are gonna fire off some some massive firepower and hope to cash in on the you know let's call it the Bills Chiefs game or whatever it ends up being because yeah. there should be a, a ton of fancy points then. Okay. Correct. That, that makes a whole lot of sense here. Yeah. Uh, we did have one question in the chat. I got one question for you, and then we'll wrap it up. But I did see someone in the chat that I wanted to answer. What's your preferred roster build? He said that he has a one QB, two each uh, receiver, running back. Tight end, two flex, six bench. What's your preferred build when it comes to to, to guillotine? That sounds just about right. Uh, I go, I might go one thinner on the bench because there's 18 teams at start. <laughs> and so, what one of the options we have at guillotineleagues.com is um, you can start with a really thin bench, like four backups or five backups, and then we let you add a new uh, a new roster spot every four weeks as teams are getting eliminated. Then we can, you know, there's more room for you to add more players. So. You know, if oh, you start cool. with you start with say five bench players, we after week four we'll give you uh, a, a sixth one. After week eight, mm-hmm. we'll give you a seventh. After week uh, you know twelve, we'll give you another one. So yeah, that's an option. But I, I think you go thin bench because with eighteen teams, it's you know the guys you're drafting in the you know in, in round <laughs> sixteen yeah. are not going to help you very much. Yeah. Right. What are we What are we getting here at that point? So that exactly. makes sense. But I, I wanted Michael's question to be asked because, like I said, this is all happening because of Michael. You know, Charge and I are now basically best friends. I was just yeah, saying yeah, now here yeah. in the gay plane. But uh, my last question for you uh, before we get out of here: What's your just golden rule for first time guillotine managers? Um, if I were to say, if there's just one thing heading into your guillotine league draft, as we're now in drafting season, it's always prioritize and i hate to re- repeat myself safety over upside and you're really mm-hmm. looking for guys that just don't have downside so you know you're really you're it's it's a that's the big mind reversal that you have to do and it starts with what position am i targeting in the early rounds and what kinds of players am i targeting in the early rounds and that's you know if you can you can come out of the first 5 rounds of your guillotine draft with five guys that are just solid, not splashy players, you're probably going to be alive in October and you're going to have a bunch of fab left and you can start building in some more of the risk then. Okay, sounds good. Paul, to tell everyone where they can find you on socials because I'm sure they know where you are, but just remind them where they can find all your content, all that good stuff. Uh, well, at Paul Charchin on Twitter. Uh, that's the only social I really do. And then uh, guillotineleagues.com. Uh, you got private leagues. If you don't have a bunch of friends you want to play, you don't want to start a private league, you can start a play, play in a public contest for cash at whatever prizing level you feel comfortable with. That's mm-hmm. uh, totally up to you. And then we have something called Super Chop, Matt. Super oh, Chop is our high stakes, oh, big money. It's a 144-team guillotine league. And the way we do it is you've got 12 guillotine leagues with 12 teams. Mm-hmm. And at the end of week 11, there's one team left. And we create a new we create a new twelve team guillotine league of all the survivors who play for all the money at the end. So um, you play, yeah, it's 12, 12 team leagues. Win your guillotine league of, of twelve, advance the playoffs, and you get a shot for the big money at the at the end. 
Oh, that's fun. Oh, I mean, the feeding frenzy. Oh, yeah, baby. And then all the smack talk from all the different leagues. That must be just so much fun. So, yeah, get on over to guillotineleagues.com and and join the league this year. The the guillotine leagues are so much fun. Uh, Like I said, I just got my put my toes in the water last year, but this year I'm definitely going to dive in because it was a ton of fun and I made a ton of mistakes. I got to redeem myself. And now that I'm talking to Charge, Look yeah, out, your, your, your whole draft will be so much better. The whole draft will be so much better for you. I just it's, got a couple of golden rules now. I'm not going to be in there like some goofball. Way better, way better. Absolutely. <laughs> when you start your private league, let me know. Um, I'll uh, you know you should start a game plan private league or a profiler private league. Uh, get in some of your get in some of your listeners and viewers and go have fun with it. Oh my God! Not only were you a fantastic guest. You're also giving me the best idea. We're definitely going to be doing that. We're going to have a game plan, private guillotine league this year. So be on the lookout for that. I am sold. That is going to be too much fun. And that is a wrap on this episode of the game plan. Make sure you like this video. Subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel if you're not doing so already. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at MattyQM. All my stuff does come out through Player Profiler, so check all that out. Trade gods with my man Jason Allwine each and every Wednesday, the game plan on Saturdays. So make sure you do that and join the Player Profiler Discord channel because be on the lookout for that private game plan guillotine league. There you go, baby. Let's go. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. So keep game planning, my friends, and I will see you next week.